0: Acts, the first chapter, God's so good, hallelujah, just praying for the will of God, and I know some of you are just really praying, God, direct that preacher, direct pastor to just have your heart and your mind, and that's what I'm asking you for, I'm asking you to be praying for me, the Lord just direct with wisdom, in these last days, I'll tell you, the devil's fighting, and uh, we pray for this nation, we pray for strong leadership, and uh, don't be afraid of strong leadership what's what we need in times of of confusion times of uh, peril amen and we just pray and god help us to have have strong leadership in this nation and in the church and in hallelujah in our lives hallelujah first chapter of the book of acts god was directing us this week just had something just placed on my heart this is going to kind of be an introduction to a series that I feel like God is leading us into for times like these. And uh, praise God. I thank God for confirmation. Brother came up to me before the service and said just God laid something on his heart, gave me goosebumps all over my my body. Praise God. Bob just said he had a word that he is praying. And I said, brother, you have no idea. That's just what God has been speaking into my spirit. And God, God knows how to work. God knows how to work and just give us what we need. And if you're praying for me and I'm praying for you, it ought to be working on both ends. You'll see that in the book of Acts. You know, when when God is talking to uh, Cornelius in one place in Acts, the 10th chapter, this was a, a a man who was a Roman centurion, and God's working on him, and God's... God's got him he's in a good place and God's saying there's better for you, there's more for you. God's talking to a preacher over here and and, and Cornelius is talking to angels and and God's talking to Peter and he just brings that all together. That's the way church ought to be. Oh, yeah. It's not just folks sitting in the pews going, I don't know what's going on. You know, I guess, you know, my my church preaches it this way and my pastor believes it. No, no, no. We, we, we're together on this. God's going to talk to you. God's going to talk to me. And in the end, it's just going to dovetail together in a beautiful way. Praise God. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your help. I thank you for hungry hearts and souls that are in tune with you, God, and seeking for more, seeking for higher heights, God, and Lord, we just need in this day, God, when things have been so weakened and watered down, when things have just been so diluted, God, and that you would give us what you intend for our lives, God, for what you want for our church and Lord, that what you want us to be in these last days, God, I pray that your anointing would be on the word and on me, God, and on those that would hear your word and direct us, Lord, to action. We love you. We praise you. We pray in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Acts 1 verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them. This is Jesus with the disciples after his death, burial, and resurrection. He's getting ready to ascend up into heaven, but it's not over. It's just beginning. When the devil tells you, hey, it's over, it's a new chapter. Amen. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the season, but the Father, which the Father hath put in his own power. Listen to this, though. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God bless you. You can be seated. It's not going to startle me if you just go ahead and back up the preaching with a little amen every now and then. Amen. Or a little bit more than that. God bless you, man. But God is good. And uh we're looking here. In the book of Acts, and I have found talking to folks coming from different denominations and organizations of uh, of, the, uh, of today, and, and and a lot of times this book is kind of passed over. Uh, a lot of folks don't see any real importance. Hey, let me tell you first off, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. God, is, it, this is, this is our, our, our foundation. This isn't something that I'm telling you that I, I come up with or it's been passed down from headquarters, what I'm supposed to preach today and somebody laid out, hey, this is what we voted on. It's going to be okay. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings with this. No, we're, we're praying and saying, God, lead us and guide us and, and teach us. But, but in this day, there is such, we find a lot of folks that have been so influenced by religion by which which has been so influenced by outside sources that are are not the spirit of god I'm not here, I know that good folks are all over the place, and I'm, I never once am going to tell you, hey, we're, we, we've got it, nobody else does. Come on, that's ridiculous. I'm not saying that, don't let yourself hear that. But I am telling you, just like throughout the Bible, the way is narrow. Few there be that find it. There's always this large group you'll see. They followed Moses out of the wilderness, but how many of them really had faith? Large groups followed Jesus, most for the loaves and the fishes. But there was a few that that said, hey, you know, they all walked out, but we got nowhere else to go. You've got the words to eternal life. Yeah. There have been so many, I, I've heard people really in the last several weeks and months with... With questions or comments of, of of things that that they feel like are missing, and and somebody's tampered with this. And can I tell you, church today has become so much a part of traditions that kind of make folks feel comfortable and at ease, and and, and rather than than what the word of God has really called us to. Yeah. And sometimes that'll make us uncomfortable. Sometimes that will get us out of our comfort zone, but always for the purpose to do the will of God and to grow and to be everything God wants us to be. Amen. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, the question came to Jesus. They were saying, Jesus, well, first ask the question, I'm sorry, whom do men say that I am? And there was... A lot of buzz going on in the day of, uh, of all these miracles, signs. These were folks that had Bibles that teach, taught to them and scriptures and prophecies over and over again. They're looking at Jesus right there. Right. One place he looks at them says, search the scriptures. Yeah. They, you search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they testify of me. Right. If you know them so well, why don't you recognize me and here you are out to kill me. Yes, How How mixed up folks can be. we got to recognize that. This isn't just a, oh, those silly folks in the first century. They're not as smart as us. But you've got Jesus Christ, the manifestation of Almighty God, coming to fulfill every prophecy perfectly. And what's the religious uh, system of that day doing? Leading the crowd, saying, crucify him. Let his blood be on our hands and our children's hands. Talk about messed up. Right, amen. So religion, if you look at it in the Bible, again, I'm not excited about folks being wrong. This isn't some ego trip that we, hey, I, I thank God I know more than somebody else. I want everybody to know it. Yes. I'm excited about trying to get folks to, to, to see it. But people are so locked in to traditions and religion that is holding them back from what God has said very clearly he wants us to be and it, it's 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 tragic right amen. This, this idea that we have I know most of the time folks are looking out in the world and saying this idea of tolerance and and being p c you know politically correct and be so sensitive you don't want to uh, hurt anybody's feelings and it's gone so so extreme and so ridiculous i had a conversation recently just just very recently with a a young lady uh, my wife and i were having dinner with and talking about i want so much to just just be kind and be considerate but you can't say anything without hurting somebody's feelings and and our jobs are in jeopardy but uh let me tell you something the devil's had a corner on that forever folks sitting in church and the holy ghost is trying to challenge them and prick their hearts You know, we're going to see in this next chapter of the book of Acts, the spirit of God pricks their hearts. You know, and it doesn't say they got mad and jumped up and said, I'll find me a church that tells me what I like to hear. They cried out, man, brother, what do we got to do? God's talking to me. God's dealing with me. This isn't the preacher trying to hurt my feelings. This is God trying to help me grow. So we we really have to. Get over this idea that, oh, preacher, you're being judgmental and you're being, being negative and, and you got to understand there's, there's all kind of ways that we can all just get along. And, and I'm going to tell you what, truth is truth. This idea, I don't know, folks like that, I want to take them to the bank and say, you know what, I've got a a bank teller here that's got your account number and all your deposits there. And they're saying deposit to me doesn't mean the same thing as you, but we'll probably end up the same place. You know, and and, and adding and subtracting, you know, I I see it a little differently than you do, you know. If it was dealing with your money, you'd say, hey, now, we're going to have words. But you know what, our soul is even much more important than that. This idea that we have to have this, uh, that we can have this loose idea that the Bible can mean something to me and not to you. we got to find out what it means to God in spite of our preconceived ideas, traditions, what has made us comfortable. Amen. I've seen it before. I've seen folks say, you know what? I'm looking for a Bible church. And and after a while you say, hey, what happened? Where you where'd you go? What happened? Well, there's something there that that I just I just that's not the way I've always done it. And we've always done had these traditions and these uh, ways about about when I was growing up. I said, now, let me take you back. You said you want a Bible church. Let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. And let's let's do it God's way. And well, I'm just uh, I, I don't know. I just don't don't think that's so important it the Bible says we talked about it there in Matthew the 16th chapter when Jesus is saying who do men say that I am right. here's here's the Lord how how some some people think you're Jeremiah <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah a prophet from the Old Testament who died hundreds of years ago yeah they think you're Jeremiah some think you're Elijah really huh what well who do you say that I am that was the real question. Yeah. And Peter steps up. the One one of the times, you know, he's he doesn't put his foot in his mouth. Yes. And he says, uh, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Right. Jesus right. says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Right. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right. Yes, there's There's this... Found understanding that the church isn't about what denomination you prefer. Right. It's not about a man-made organization. Yeah. It, it's, it's about Jesus Christ and who he is right. and what he's building. Right. It, it's about a church that is bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. And we have to just say, God, I, my ways of just Messed me up over the years. God, I want to get behind what you're doing. Yeah. What a privilege it is to be a part of the church that God is building. Amen. That the Lord has bought and paid for. Right. But suddenly, just like in the Garden of Eden, there, there has been a lot of, a lot of, uh, deception right. and ungodly influence that just becomes Really part of the culture, if you will, rather than what's what's God trying to do? What's what's this church that he's building? And, and we're going to go back to the book of Acts and and, and see what what the Lord is doing and and, and what now his 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 Holy Ghost filled churches is, is living and preaching and doing and say, God, let's get back to that. Let's let's forget everything that that this culture and society and this modern day has tried to uh, just to to bring the church to a powerless situation, without a voice, without victory, with with just sin rampant in in uh, in the uh, the guts of uh, of what is called a church today and let's just get back and restore what god said this is what i want my church to be this is what i intended all along this is what i paid for yeah. That's right. i uh we got to ask ourselves what kind of church is god building right. what kind of church is jesus building amen right. i uh i think a lot of times sometimes you know you can start talking about food and everybody's on board and then you start start talking a little bit more and everybody's and then people get kind of like cats and dogs (laughs) but you know i i we we hear so often and kind of kid around about how folks say man do you like uh uh, you know what kind of food do you like it's like do you do you eat fish and some people don't care for fish and some people do i myself like about anything if it's cooked right. right and uh i like i like food amen and I tell you, I think I said it last week, God didn't give us 10,000 taste buds just for nothing. Right. So I just to celebrate God's goodness. Amen. But, you know, some folks say, well, I like fish, but I don't want it to be too fishy. Right. I understand that. Just stay with me. But it is kind of a funny statement if you think about it. Right. right. I like it, but I don't really want it to taste like it. Right. I was uh, standing in a coffee shop and, uh, you know... Uh, the big bucks coffee shop, Starbucks, and and I, I, I'm i a coffee drinker, and I like coffee, and I like coffee that tastes like coffee. You know, you go in there, and people want the caramel and the chocolate and the foam, and I and, and, uh, saw one was pistachio, a new one, to, the other day, and you pay your six bucks, and folks say, man, yeah, but you know, I don't understand. I really like that. I'm all about dessert, too, but don't call it coffee. It's not coffee. Amen. So, you know, every now and then, if I'm out and about, and I stop in, I, I grab a cup of coffee. Amen. And I remember seeing a guy that was in line waiting for after he had already paid for it, picked up what he thought was his coffee, took a sip out of it, and said, Oh, no, that is not mine. It tastes like coffee. You're in a coffee shop. <laughs> so, you know, if you like those drinks, great. Just don't say you like coffee. You know, I tell my wife all the time, you know, when she's done putting her French vanilla creamer in there, and, and uh, I say, Hey, great. Enjoy it. Love it. You know, just don't say you like coffee. <laughs> Because you work hard at making it taste like anything else but coffee. Right. I said all that, I'm not off track, but I feel like that's where church is these days. All right. I feel like there's a lot of folks that, well, they, they like a certain flavor maybe. They like a certain uh, traditional way, but they're not really interested in getting back to the, the way Jesus yeah. is building his church. Let's go back and find out what God wants us from us. God expects from us. God is trying to get us to to be involved with. And people say, well, that's just not the way I I take mine. Listen, we need church to be restored back to what God first intended it to be. We need to look back at this church that he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon it, and I'm going to give you power. The thing that the devil is trying to do is get us all wrapped up in in feeling like we are just everything God wants us to be, but He's taken away our power. All right. yes. The devil's not intimidated by people that are just going through the motions and, right. and just go ahead and have church. Go ahead and right. sing your songs. Go ahead and get together and, and have your little club meetings. That's fine with me. But stay away from the power that is going to dethrone the enemy. Amen. The power that God has given us to be a witness, to be an influence, to, to reach out to folks that are bound by the powers of the enemy in their addictions and their sins and, and their, their all of the, the things that are, are holding them back from being everything God called them to be. The church has power to see people liberated and set free. I can't just ever get tired of telling you that some of the folks around here that you say, oh, you don't know what it's like to be in the world. You don't know what it's like to be down and being just just, just covered in sin and a slave to the enemy. And, and that's where God brought me from. And you don't understand. Hey, you don't understand the grace of God and what he's done with some of the people that are around you right now, giving them victory and deliverance from all the darkness that was in their lives. Amen. Praise God. God is good. But sadly, like I said, there is uh, so many today that have no understanding except what really an uh, an organized kind of corporate religious experience is bringing them. This idea that has been based on business ideas rather than anointing, rather than. The power of the Holy Ghost that is being poured out upon them. What we can do when we start looking at the book of Acts is start seeing that what the intention, what the goal is that God is working in the church, working to this day. And not only working to this day, but, but taking us, praise God, on and on to meet the challenges, to meet the battle that we are facing today when we look at the word of god and recognize that i i want to be so careful when when i started just just pray prayerfully studying this and and how to bring it out i want you to uh understand something that that we are not in any way downplaying any part of what the bible has given us and teaching us but the idea of the gospel is greater than what a lot of people recognize the idea of the plan and purpose of God from the foundation of the creation to this day is much greater than a lot of people. We we are so thankful we've already sang and testified about Calvary, about the cross, and about forgiveness, and about, uh, about what God has, has given us to, to take away our shame of sin, to take away the bondage of sin. But there's so much more than that. Yes, there is. When Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he didn't just say, and they'll be forgiven of their sins. I'm not downplaying that. I can't tell you how valuable forgiveness is, but there's so much more to that. That is part of of what the gospel is doing to, to put his power within us. It's yes, there's thank God for the cross. Thank God for the hope of heaven. But I feel like there's a lot of folks in church today that are sitting there. And. All they know is they come, they hear it, they fulfill an obligation, they go home and and it's empty, it's it's no more than an entertainment, really, a time to fulfill. And that's why I think uh, the television and the movies and whatever you're streaming on your computer is is uh, it's taking that place there because all they know about church is kind of sitting in passively and and saying, well, I, I fulfilled a duty so that someday I can go to heaven and, and and not not be in hell. But the gospel is so much greater than that. Think about this now in creation, just from the very beginning. I know, I know, it gets scary when he's he's saying he's going to preach on Acts and to get context, he goes back to Genesis 1. (laughs) Here we go. Amen. We might get to Acts 2 sometime in the next decade or so. No, 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 no. But you can see the plan and purpose of God in creation in so many different ways. And there's some things there. You know, we, we spent some time, maybe it was even last week, I don't remember, but recently just talking about the, the beauty of creation and the, the testimony of creation and, and, and how it just flies in the face of, of evolutionists and, yeah. um, and this idea that we are just somehow some cosmic accident without any purpose or, or meaning in ourselves. But, right. but when we see creation, God makes this beautiful planet and yeah. puts man and woman there The Bible tells us that in in one place that that maybe can be easily overlooked, he's he's coming down to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. What you see here is a fellowship. You see a creator that places man and woman in this paradise, this this beautiful garden and 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 gives them dominion over it. Okay, that's so important and. He, he he's not just making them a, another beast of the field, another another animal, but but he he in in effect just makes them king and queen of his creation and gives them the authority, gives them the power to rule there. Right. And he is their friend, and he is that 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 fellowship is really what we're going to see as the heart of of God in our lives. Right. God's not looking at creating religious robots that just. You know, have this form of how we, you know, how we pray and how we sing and and, and just empty, meaningless just repetition. Yes, but you see this idea to me, it's one of the most beautiful pictures of of God's heart, this idea of just walking with his creation in the cool of the day, just that friendship, that fellowship, that communion, if you will and that's lost through the fall we understand that sin breaks that friendship that closeness so the story that we are reading with the bible is more than how we get forgiven see if somebody you know throws their car door open in the parking lot and dings my my vehicle i can get upset with that and you know maybe Forgive them and say, hey, just forget about it and truly forget about it. No big deal. Let it go. But but the idea of the gospel that says, hey, wait a minute. You didn't just ding my car. I caught you in the midst of a a, a terrible crime and a, offensive to me. And 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 I not only want to forgive you, I want to I, I want to have felt I want to be a friend. I, I want to give you grace to to show you that you matter to me and. I sometimes have compared mercy and grace as a child that, that maybe breaks a window and maybe he repays that. Maybe I forgive that. But if I say, listen, I, I understand that you're an orphan. You've done me wrong. Not only do I forgive you and I've paid the debt. You don't have to pay for that window. I'll pay for that. But I want you to come and, and I'm going to take care of you from here on out. Now, you're going to be my son. You're going to have every, every, every benefit available to be my child. And that's what God does to us. It's not just, hey, I'm, I'm gonna overlook your sins and your sinfulness. I'm gonna cleanse you. Gonna wash you. Gonna give you a new heart. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna restore this closeness. Not, not a form of godliness, not some going through the motions, but a, but a fellowship and a friendship with Almighty God. We got a lot going on between the book of Acts. And the fall that we're talking about here of from that fellowship. And in the lot of that you see the Old Testament. You see man being directed by God, but God's got a plan to teach us something. God's going to show us that our best efforts are really too weak. In Exodus, the 25th chapter... Verse eight, he says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle, the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. Okay, I'm going to tell you we're going to I'm going to give you a law. I'm going to tell you that this is what you got to do. This is this is righteousness. This is what it means to be free from sin. I'm going to give you commandments. I'm going to give you principles and I'm going to I'm going to ask you to make me. Uh, a place to dwell my glory is going to dwell among you that's my heart that's my desire but you know what you had a holy god and an unholy people you had it behind a veil you had it in a in a room that was called the holy of holies you had that in a tabernacle later a temple only the priests could come into that tabernacle in that temple and the high priest could go in the behind into the holy of holies once a year right. the first row of Houses or tents that were around that tabernacle were miles away because just keeping a law doesn't really restore that fellowship. His desire to dwell there was made evident. But the Bible says, and we're not going to go to it today. I can give it to you later if you want. You can always ask questions. You can always get scripture references from me. I don't, don't ever hesitate. But but the Bible says the law, the Old Testament of Moses, we're not talking about driving 55 miles an hour or uh, uh, you know, do not trespass. We're talking about when we say the law, we're talking about the old covenant, that Moses's law was a school teacher, was a schoolmaster to lead us to Jesus. Because no matter how much your intentions are good, we need a savior. Yes, so you have Peter talks about this. Well, Paul talks about this with Peter in the book of Acts later. We'll look at that maybe someday, day soon, but 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 All that law keeping was just showing us, you know, I try so hard and I still fail. I need something to happen on the inside. And God's plan was you're going to realize you can't without me. And I'm going to do you one better than walking with you in a garden. I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to have such fellowship with you. Like Jesus said, I'm with you, but I will be in you. John 14. And you'll see this throughout the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36, verse 26. All these law-keeping Old Testament saints doing their best to try to keep the law. and You know what ended up happening? When people try to do right on their own and don't realize, hey, I need God, I need help, I need a heart change, they end up being self-righteous and arrogant. They end up being obnoxious like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Are you still with me today? Yes. Exodus 36, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you. There was not a majority of folks in the Old Testament getting this, but it was always there. You can see it over and over again. God saying this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. I'm teaching you there's something missing. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. In Acts 2, uh, when the Holy Ghost is poured out on the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter quotes uh, Joel and says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not just the Jewish nation, but Gentiles as well. Whosoever will, I'm going to pour out my spirit on my handmaidens, on my servants. They're going to prophesy. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to uh, dream dreams and see visions. This is coming. Sadly. Like I said, a lot of the the religious traditions of the day have taken people up to the cross and have taken people up to 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 forgiveness. And that is so necessary and so important. But they've never recognized what Jesus was doing on the cross was getting the sin out of the way so that he could move into his real temple. Your life. Amen. Hallelujah. In Matthew Well, let me before I get there, let me just read Hebrews 10 is quoting Old Testament, where he says the Holy Ghost also is a witness unto us. For after that, he hath said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Not only is God taking away my sin, but he's putting his righteousness in me. He's, putting his, he's filling me with his power. He said, I'll put my spirit in you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, it says in Ezekiel. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Turn to Matthew 3 with me. I'm excited about what God's wanting to do in this day. I'm excited that God's wanting to take folks and not only say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to put my spirit within you. And that's going to change your heart, change your mind, make you a new creature in Christ. Old things are going to pass away, but I'm going to make all things new. I'm not going to have you just spinning your wheels and just trying your best to keep saying, I'm sorry for all the things I've always been doing. But God's going to change your life, change your family and change your the power that you have have to make a difference in this world through the power of the Holy Ghost. Too many people have just stopped short of what the gospel is trying to accomplish in them. Matthew 3. Now this is John. This is the forerunner to Jesus. He's going out and saying, hey, he's coming. He's coming. He's on his way. He's, uh, let's get our hearts ready. Let's repent. Let's turn away from sin. God's wanting to do something. Matthew 3, verse 1 says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had his raiment, his clothing was camel's hair, leathern girdle about his loins, meat was locusts and wild honey, went out, then went out to him. Jerusalem and all Judea and the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. Now listen, here comes some of the religious folks. John's coming Saying, come on, we're, we're supposed to be God's people. He's, now understand this, when, when John is coming to Judea and this area, these were the people of the covenant, the old covenant. These were, this wasn't just going out in the streets of folks that never heard anything. These were people that were supposed to be living for God, but they were so backslid. They were so far from what God intended them to be. And John says, we got to get ready, Jesus is coming, and, and this is our Messiah, and we gotta, we got to turn from sin. Come on, guys, why hadn't they already turned from sin? The religious organizations of that day had failed them to preach against sin. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Sounds familiar. So he's going out there saying, repent, repent. So now it becomes like the, the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're seeing all their folks come out and get baptized. They're like, well, we better make a show and we better come out and be a part of this, but their hearts weren't really in it. Right. And he says, he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism and said, An oh generation of vipers, who warned you, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruit, meat unto repentance. Start acting like you really want a change of life. Don't just come and go through your religious ceremonial keepings. Wow. It's got to be more than just trying to look the part. There's something God wants to do on the inside. And God is looking at those religious leaders and saying, you're so far. he's, He's telling them we need to get back to what God has called us to. We need to get back to the foundation. We need to get back to the heart of what God really wants to do. Not God, here's what I expect from you. But God, I yield to you. And he said, bring forth some fruit. Let me see something in your life. Let me be able to recognize in you a heart that says, I want to live for God. He says, you think they had their religious kind of pedigree? Think not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. I'm getting to something here. Now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Getting down to the root of things. So what God will do. Kind of get down. That's That's where real, real anointed Bible preaching really gets there. Not everybody wants it, but we need it. Don't, don't just tell me to look nice for church. Don't tell me to, 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 to behave myself. Get down to the root of where the sin really is. Get down to the root of where my pride really is. Get down to the root of what God's really wanting to do in me. Hallelujah. He said, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. This is what we're heading towards here. I want to show you what, Je- what John starts to say about Jesus. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Now, this is a, this was a a baptism. Uh, Maybe we'll spend a little more time on this, but this is not really still after the death, burial, and resurrection. Okay? This is still, this is calling Israel back to the place where they were supposed to be in their backslidden condition. New Testament baptism is very important. He's not saying it's not important. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. I love what John says here to identify the mission of Jesus. He doesn't just say, hey, he's going to come and love you. Oh, he does. Amen. He does. Let's not take anything away from that. He's going to come and minister to your needs, heal your sick, deliver those that are bound and possessed by the devil he does thank god he does he's going to hang on calvary and die for your sins so that you can have forgiveness and payment for your sins yes he is and that's so valuable not taking anything away from that please please don't think i am but he says he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and fire See, because all of those things are really a means to an end to, to bring us to a place where that fellowship that that was there in the garden is now going to be restored to where now Jesus and everything he was doing and loving and living his ministry, his service, his his compassion, his power is going to be filling his people. You and I. The idea That somehow we can say, God, I love you. I'm on board with everything you love. And I want your will in my life. And somehow miss the mission of being baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. That even not only before his ministry in all the Old Testament was prophesied, John himself, the last of the Old Testament prophets pointing to Jesus, says he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. What we read in our text in Acts, the first chapter, the very last words that Jesus says before he is lifted up into heaven says, remember what John said, that baptism's coming. That Holy Ghost is coming. That power, that's going to be poured out. I paid the price. uh, The death, the burial, the resurrection, all that made way so that you can have this renewed, restored fellowship that I am going to dwell in you through the Holy Ghost. Acts, the second chapter. We're going to end on this. But it's really just an introduction to what to look at the church. The mission, the authority. Oh, I love, you'll, you'll not only see how they address a a crowd of folks that's saying, what shall we do after they're pricked in their hearts? You'll see how when those that are in power, the, the, the local government of that day steps up and say, you know what, we're tired of this preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to stop. And Peter stands up and says, you know what, I think you know, I'm trying to figure out, maybe you can help me with this. Who are we going to listen to, you or God? All right. You tell me. All right. Because, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. I think I've got it figured out. But the, the, the authority and the power that God has for the church today, yeah. that the enemy has done everything he can to try to steal from us. Right. From, from, from decades ago through religious organization and, and persecution, stealing the name of Jesus out of the gospel, stealing sp- sp- the name of Jesus, G- the power of the Holy Ghost out of churches. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. God has it today. God has it for us. I know in this day of tolerance and being politically correct, well, you know, be careful. Are you saying somebody else is wrong? I'm going to tell you, God is right. And I'm going to tell you, I want everybody to see that it's not the the, the denominational tagline of the organization you belong to, but Jesus is building a church jesus is building a church that he can dwell in through his power and the baptism of his spirit that is available today will empower you with authority and strength to be everything god's called you to be acts the second chapter verse 1 says when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and in one place this was a religious celebration an old testament feast day if you will and in that day they were looking at harvest they were looking at god's blessings being poured out upon them and acknowledging that but it was only a type and a shadow of what was going to come in the new covenant it was it was only something to to signify that there would be an outpouring of blessing that would be god's spirit upon the church it says in the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Oh thank God. For folks that'll come, gather in one mind, in one place, with one purpose. Amen. I'm telling you, this this day that we've been living in, I, I don't know how many people, and I know some of you are, are are just, you know, just fed up with it as well, but a lot of what the response to uh some of the the pandemic and all these things you know you know what we need to do we need to keep people home from church we need to keep people isolated we need to separate everybody and and you know praise god if, if somebody's well god bless you I'm, I'm not trying to cause problems but the thing is there's a lot of folks today they're still like you know what this is just what i'm going to do i'm going to stay in my jammies and grab my bowl of cheetos and and this is church for me that's not church that's not church praise god and i want to tell you what so many people that have been living. I, I I preached something years ago came to my mind this week about how folks have... Uh, there was a, a news story about someone who needed desperate help. And it's a tragic thing. I'm not going to try to, to, to make light of it all. But somehow, some way, this person, I guess it happens more often than you think. You know, they had just uh, just been sitting in bed, health problems or whatever, and just kind of made me think about about it with the Cheetos and the Jammies thing. But they just ate themselves into a condition where they could not move, they could not get help for themselves. They were many, many hundreds of pounds, if not over a 1,000 pounds. And they somehow, with a crane and construction equipment, broke through the door, got this person to the hospital, and here's this person, many, many hundreds of pounds. And you know what they had to treat them for? Malnutrition. How can you be overfed and malnourished? Because all you got is junk. And I said, you know what? God, help us in the church today. We've got more things going on, more activities, more committees, more uh, all these things. And we're so malnourished. People are so full of themselves and in thinking they're so religious and so and so interesting. But thank God for a people with a real hunger for something that has substance, something that might not just always be candy coated and syrupy. But God, give me something that's going to challenge me to be what you wanted me to be. That there can be uh, uh, just a, a, a getting back, a restoration to God's heart and God's will and God's purpose. And not that is not influenced by by some false religious entity. But God, give me your truth. It says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were on one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared on them cloven tongues like as of fire sat down upon each of them. and They were all filled. With the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God's Spirit. We need to get back to God's power, God's Spirit, God's victory. Jesus said, I'll give you power to be witnesses. Amen. With everything we're up against today, I know we're not bound by fear. I know we don't have a spirit of fear. But I want to tell you, our willpower is not enough. We need his power. We need the power of of His Holy Ghost, that baptism that God has has said, I've come to give you that fire in this generation today. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. This is really just an introduction. We're going to do some some preaching, some teaching from this great book. After the death, the burial, the resurrection... Of Jesus, so important, so necessary, invaluable to what we have today. And we thank God every day. But recognizing that many people are still, we'll see in one chapter of the book of Acts, Paul comes to some believers. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we don't really know anything about it. That may not even be your own fault. That may be just your you're searching and you're seeking and you're wanting everything God wants for you to have, but you you never really heard just Bible teaching, Bible preaching about about what it really means to be a part of the church Jesus is building. So many people just caught up in like I said, so many just organizations, religious systems of men and you know what Jesus said in these last days was going to come oh yeah wars rumors of wars pestilence earthquakes different places we, we know all that but on and on and on you'll see false teachers false prophets you'll see those are deceivers wolves in sheep's clothing help us God people that they're more interested in lining their pockets than ministering to people that need Jesus businesses rather than ministries oh we want to see what God has established what God is building and how that applies to us today we need to just go ahead and say God you show me you teach me that's Let's pray these next couple of weeks. Let's pray. God, God, continue to just open our eyes to the word. Open our eyes to, to Lord, how you are going to bring us back to that, that truth of that foundation of the church you're building and how in these last days we need it more than ever. Now, come on, let's take some time and talk to the Lord. Let's take some time to pray right now before we're dismissed. God, God, it's not enough for me to just go through a religious routine. We just take a little time before we're dismissed. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord about what maybe He wants in your life. Talking to people that I believe. You've got a relationship with God. God's worked in your life. You know God, but how many times I've seen people like those believers in Acts the 19th chapter, or like that centurion we talked about from Acts the 10th chapter, Cornelius. Sincere people, but they had some things they needed to learn, some places where they needed to just get back to what Jesus was building. Maybe influenced by the religious systems of the day, but not really founded on a prince, a, a foundation of the truth of the church Jesus Christ is building. Oh yes, you all myself, God. I'm praying for each one here today. Praying for each one, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name. Teach us, show us your way. Help me, Lord, to just yield to you, God. Not my will, not what I want, God, but help me. Lord, to lay aside everything that's not of you, and God, to just follow you, Lord. Build build your church, God, in this last day. Remove every influence, of deception, of religious bondage. Fill us, Lord, with Your fire. I don't apologize for being passionate. I hope you understand. My heart is to to see people... And built up in the will of God because it's, it can be so, so much better than what people even realize. So much more than what religious tradition has, has fed them. And I want to see people set free from that and living in every bit of victory in your home and on your job, in your neighborhood. All oh, this world needs church that's on fire hallelujah because the book of acts is a book of actions the book of acts is not merely a book of doctrine but the doctrine and the gospel all work together in a people that are acting living in power and authority and I believe it. I believe it's for us today. I believe it's never stopped. It's never gone away. How the enemy would like you to think that the power of God is for times past. No, no, no. This is New Testament church. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for a people that are hungry. People, Lord, that are seeking you more in this last day. Seeing so much. That is faith so much that has just fallen to pieces. God, help us, I pray. God, to stand and to fight and to grow in this. Equip us, Lord, in this last day to be the church. The church that you are building. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, God. Thank you for what you will do. God, now I pray you keep us safe and protected, Lord God, in your care. Lead us to shine a light. Lead us, Lord, to to help somebody see more of you, God. And bless your people. Now we pray. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. So, so good to see everybody today.